You're listening to PK Pods, insights and advice to navigate today's workplace. PK Pods is presented by Pro Knowledge LLC, a professional development training and consulting firm based in upstate New York, and features expertise from performance consultant Elaine Angelo, a human resources professional with over 25 years of experience. Now let's get into today's topic. Well, welcome back to PK Pods. I'm Elaine Angelo, a performance consultant for Pro Knowledge Training and Consulting. And in our first part of our Developing Your Hypo Employees for Tomorrow podcast, we spoke with Holly Kahn, who's the Learning and Development Specialist at Ultimus Leverpoint Private Fund Solutions. As we said, her role is focusing on ensuring that all employees receive the proper training, education, and development required to do their job successfully. And in our first part, Holly talked about how people can be identified, how candidates within the company can be identified for the program by being nominated by their manager, but that that wasn't the only thing that happened. There's quite a rigorous uh, level of criteria uh, and activities that the candidate is involved in prior to um, getting into the hypo program, and we discussed that in part one. So Holly, I'm really excited to have you back for part two. I appreciate your time. So we talked about how this is not necessarily just for anybody who's interested in management. They've had to jump through quite a few hoops getting to this point. But at this point, when you say, and you never know how big that hypo class or group is going to be every year, once you've determined who that final group of hypos is going to be, um, what what comes next? So what does the program itself logistically look like that they have made the commitment to? Sure. So the full length of the program is just shy of a calendar year. We go through the selection process in January and the early part of February. As you mentioned, it does take a little while to be able to interview all the candidates and make these selections. So we try to be done with that process and have our class selected by the first to second week in February. And following that, we do a big kickoff with the entire hypo class. We want to give them the opportunity to start to get to know each other, to engage in some team building, to really start to become comfortable with each other, because it is important that they are going to be later on down the line, comfortable being a little bit more open and maybe even a little bit vulnerable with the things that they're learning about themselves. So we want them to start to feel a, a camaraderie and a companionship with the other people that are in this program. So in years past, um, when we have not been in a pandemic, we have been able to gather physically with everyone in the program. And in the few years that I've been helping out with this program, we've actually gone on gone up to Camp Chinjikuk, which is a YMCA camp up in the Adirondacks, and we'd have a facilitator there take us through some team building activities, low ropes, high ropes, it's right on Lake George, so we'd get the opportunity to go kayaking, it was really just a day for the whole group to start to get to know more about each other and build those relationships. Hmm, nice. 
we didn't want to lose that in this current environment. And so we made it as fun and engaging as we could in a virtual world. So we brought them all together. We used Microsoft Teams within the organization to do that. And we did some other types of team building activities. I found this really great piece that connects through a program called Trello, which allowed us to do a GIF battle where they needed to go out and find GIFs for different categories and then vote for the one that they liked the best. We were able to engage them in a team challenge where we put them into small breakout rooms and they had to try to create an explanation solely visually of what our company does as if they were going to explain it to an alien language. And then we also did just some, you know, suitable for work, never have I ever, or things that get them to know each other. Um, and we were able to, you know, again, we can't gather with each other, but we did provide them with a gift card so that they were able to get themselves some lunch and really feel like they were kind of being treated for that day. And we found that it was still really helpful and they did start to develop those relationships. As we have grown as a company, we are now a national organization. And so this year, we have people who are involved in this program who are in Colorado, who are in Ohio, who are in Massachusetts, who are in New York. So even if we hadn't been in this virtual or in this pandemic situation, I think we would have had to look differently at what we were doing for this kickoff anyway, because of the scattered nature of where all of our employees are now. So what kind of um, time commitment uh, are, are they looking at? You know, you said you said starts at the beginning of the year, takes the better part of a year. What's that time commitment look like for the average hypo? Sure. So the program varies depending upon what month we're in of the year, because we need to account for the busy times that exist within the nature of our industry. So the beginning months, February, March, April, when we're kind of knee deep in year end and tax season and auditing and everything that's happening there, we're asking for three to four hours per month that they're going to engage in these activities that we have for them. When we get into some of the summer months and we are a little bit more open in the time that these employees have to dedicate to this, we're asking for more eight to 10 hours worth of work per month. So it's not something that is supposed to be a burden or that stresses people out. Um, but we do pay attention to the fact that you are going to need to dedicate some time to the activities that we have, whether those be reading that you're doing outside on your own time, activities that we're engaging in as a full group, or even some one-on-one -on -one pieces that we have them do with members of our senior leadership, which I'll talk about a little bit more. Great. So tell me a little bit more about the, you talked about books and, and programs and courses. What are we talking about? What, what are some of those components? Great. Yeah, so we have a full calendar of events that we actually give them right on day one. We have them put all of that on their schedule and see from February to December, what are they going to be doing so they can make that work. So there are a variety of different components. First, we have some live trainings. And I know that we have brought in pro knowledge to be able to assist us with some of these. We do a disc assessment and training, which gives them a sense of their work personality style and how they engage with others. We 
we have them go through a four week public speaking course because we know that that's such an important piece of moving into leadership positions is to be comfortable speaking and engaging with people in public settings. We also do a session on emotional intelligence, which is another really important leadership component and competency that doesn't really get taught in a lot of other places and isn't going to be True. what they learn through their technical skills. So those are some of the trainings and we have five of them throughout the entire year. We also have them engage in peer coaching. So we give them some short articles or videos we want them to read on particular topics. For example, maybe personal accountability or what it looks like to build culture. And we put them into small groups where they get to share amongst each other. What did they learn from the reading or the video that they watched? What does this look like for themselves in their current environment? What are some of the things that they're struggling with and how can they learn from others? And we do four of those throughout the course of the year. And we try to mix up the groups, uh, especially when we have a larger group, we want them to have this with a variety of different people. So it's not always the same person they're having the conversation with. We also have them meet one-on-one -on -one with our executives. They, they get the opportunity to ask questions directly, develop relationships, and learn from our C-suite executives. And so we do have four executives that they get this opportunity to sit down for an hour one-on-one -on -one and talk with them about whatever is on their mind in relation to their own leadership development, which we have found to be such an amazing piece. Not only do our participants feel like they've got gotten so much out of that. But in general, it helps develop those connections and make it so that we feel more like a full company, even when we are remote and even when we are growing at the rate that we've been growing at. Yeah, that's a great level of exposure for them too. Exactly. Um, we also give them books and some longer articles. This year we're doing three and we have round table discussions following those. Um, specifically this year, we're doing one on servant leadership. We've also done things on how to win friends and influence people, touch points. We engage in different types of topics and these particular round table discussions, we bring in a member of our leadership team. It could be one of the executives. It could be one of our vice presidents. We bring in some somebody who has experience and an interest in that particular topic. And the participants have the ability to, again, pick their brains and share their experiences and garner some of that knowledge for members of our leadership team, which again, I, our participants say is one of the best things that they like about this program. We also have them meet one-on-one -on -one with our human resources team. So at the beginning of the program and then towards the end of the program, we talk about what are the personal goals that that participant wants to get from this program? How can we try to direct them to additional resources or support, maybe point out some of the activities that they're going to be engaging in in the year, and how they can really focus on those. We do have them set goals and have the opportunity to track that along the way. Because at the end of the program, we have them give a final presentation to the executive team and to their direct supervisors. So it pulls everything together. They're practicing their public speaking skills. They're engaging in thinking about their own self-growth. And they're talking about what did this program do for them and how are they going to bring that to their next level of leadership? So we really wrap it all up within that. 
we also do some team building along the way. In the last couple of years, we've had an opportunity to do an escape room activity. I'm hoping to find one in a virtual capacity this year. So we do continue to have them have fun and engage and get to know each other. But there is a lot in terms of the targeted experiences that we have planned for them so that they can get this direct knowledge and support in their own leadership development. Well, that's great. So <laughs> this is a lot. Um, there, there's a lot, and I, I have to say, as a learning and development professional myself, I can appreciate it. I also think about the person who's in the role. They're also doing their full-time job. Right? Correct. And so there's a lot here. There's a lot of things to be involved in that, yeah, you do, they're going to take you away from the job. And I imagine you have to be a really good time manager and you've got to be able to juggle both of these things. Right. And again, that's probably a quality that you're going to find they have or perhaps don't have and might be struggling along the way with it. So um, in, in our third part, Holly, um, when you come back, what I'd like you to talk a little bit about is the challenges that some of the hypos might face. What have you seen during the years of doing this? What are some of the challenges they face in terms of juggling both their full-time role within their, you know, within their team and also being a hypo in a pretty rigorous program, all right? And so if you could come back for just a third time for part three of this conversation, I, I'd love to hear about those challenges and what you have done in the past to resolve those challenges uh, and what you have found uh, works. So uh, once again, I'll ask you, you up for that part three with me? Definitely. That's great. I really appreciate it. So again, if you're interested, uh, have any questions or comments, anything you'd like to submit about part two of our podcast on developing high potential employees for tomorrow, make sure to visit our proknowledgetraining.com website and our PK pods link, or you can reach out to me at eangelo at proknowledgetraining.com. And if you have a question directly for Holly, I'll make sure she receives it and she can respond directly to you. And make sure to check out some of our other podcasts covering today's relevant topics in the workplace. Thanks so much, Holly. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PK Pods, presented by Pro Knowledge LLC. You can submit any follow-up questions you may have by visiting proknowledgetraining.com forward slash PK Pods and connect with Pro Knowledge on LinkedIn and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Until next time, we hope you continue to learn at the speed of need. This podcast is informational only and does not constitute legal advice please consult with legal counsel or your organization's human resources department for guidance or further interpretation of any law, regulation, or policy.